0: Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with Leo Flowers. Today's episode is a doozy. We have Optimization Coach, that's right, Optimization Coach, say that 10 times real quick, uh, with Mary Spiritu. uh, And what she does is very simple. Uh, She looks for patterns and figure out how to implement, reinforce, or change them to support your goals and optimize any area of your life. Uh, particularly in the area of health and wellness. Uh, Her background is in biochemistry. Uh, She is a health coach certified under the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. She's a registered yoga teacher and has a background in both neuroscience and cancer research. Um, We really had a blast today. I really enjoyed my conversation with Mary, it was an hour and it just, it, it didn't, it went by too fast. Um, but among other things, we talk about what you should be brushing your teeth with. I know that's very random, but uh, we're going to talk about uh, why you shouldn't be using toothpaste and the thing that you should actually be using for your teeth. Uh, we're going to talk about um, how to uh, break up your patterns and uh, and and beliefs so that we can unlock what's holding you back from achieving your goals. We're going to teach you how to listen to your body versus uh, companies or labels and how to be rejection-proof. We talk about that, Um, and we really get deep into how we use the mask of perfectionism to barter for love. We go super deep into that. Uh, Mary also shares with us uh, three of her favorite books, uh, that she are actually four. she has four books and those are linked in the show notes. And uh, and that's about it. We, we're really about to get into uh, control versus resistance and discipline. And, um, and we're going to learn a lot. So uh, get your notepad out and sit back, relax. And I uh, hope you're doing well. I hope you're I hope you're hope you're, you're moving well. I hope you're uh, you're journaling you know, get, get those thoughts. And we, we talk about journaling a little bit in this episode. Um, right now I'm fighting a head cold. I'm taking, I'm drinking tea. I don't know what's in the tea. It's something, some stuff that my girl mixed up for me. And, uh, uh, I think it's making my fart stink. So if I have stinky farts, uh, it's, it's her fault. She brought me, you know, Eastern medicine is great, but it, and when it gets up in you in your gut biome, it, it causes a, a great disturbance. I, I think it's the Chinese. I think like you know because of uh, Pearl Harbor, they've been trying to get us back. And I think it's these herbal remedies that uh, is is their way. That's that's how they're gonna take us over, ladies and gents, with all this this ginkgo biloba and and uh, and whatever's coming. We don't because we don't really know what it is. Let's be honest. I don't really know what this tree bark and rooibos what's ro- what's a rooibos i don't know what that is anyway let's get into the episode i've said too much i've said already too much let's have a blast yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Are who
0: curse are more trustworthy?
1: oh well i'm gonna i fully <laughs> intend on taking that statistic and putting it in my back pocket um yeah it was funny i was writing that and i was like that's just like what I thought when I was writing it. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'm just gonna, that's just gonna be how I start this post, I guess.
0: Cause a lot of times when we, when, cause I had a blog also. And a lot of times when you're, when you're writing that stuff, you're really talking to yourself. There's a part of you, you're just like, fucking man up, something, you know. <laughs> and you're like, well, if I'm, I'm feeling like this, there has to be other people feeling like this. And then you,
1: that's exactly what you're doing. You're yeah. speaking to some iteration of you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm fighting a head cold right now, so as I'm watching you drink that green juice, girl my, yeah. my is like, "You should be drinking a green juice." And I'm like, "All right, have yes. I? No, not yet. You have to attach the I mean, bag to
1: me." If the technology was there, I would set you up. These <laughs> I I bad boys in my fridge, but uh... Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: no, with, uh,
0: no. I'm sorry. What'd you say? What was the last part?
1: I said, I said we don't. So you're out of luck. But I, hope enough, I
0: feel like Elon Musk is working on that. You know, after he's, after he's done with this bullet train whole thing, he'll figure out how to uh, transport green juices uh, in the It's of
1: in that. his favor. Yeah. People <laughs> to, to do so. I didn't. also Did not know that there was that he was working on a bullet train. I clearly need to start reading the news a little bit more.
0: Oh yeah, it's supposed to go from like uh, actually because are you in New York or Paris? Oh, I'm you? in
1: New York. Yeah. Okay,
0: so I think it's supposed to go from. Uh, either New York to Florida or L.A. to Washington. (laughs) Those are two very different, but I I think there's, I think he's doing a bullet train in New York to Florida. I think that's what they're working on. Interesting. So,
1: um,
0: I'm here with Mary from Ritual and Routine, uh, which I love. I love that. I love that title. Thank you. Uh, you are uh, you work primarily with women right
1: i do i work primarily with women um because i find that with the problems i solve um or work with more often it's that's just kind of the demographic i speak to but i do also have some male clients so i wouldn't say i'm singularly working with women but right predominantly
0: right that i I get that it's kind of like um like I, most of my clients are women, but I, it's not like it's not intentional. I just find that the whatever energy I'm putting out there, uh, Jewish housewives gravitates. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Precisely. <laughs>
0: so so I, I cater it uh, as such. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you have a background in biochemistry. I'm excited to talk to you first of all because you have a background in biochemistry. Uh, You're you traveling the world. Uh, and- <laughs> And 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 I think that I just watched part of that new documentary, The Game Changers.
1: Oh yeah. Uh,
0: and I know you have some opinions about that, so I'm excited yeah. to talk to you about food and nutrition and uh, and how that affects us mentally and spiritually. And, and I know you you go to Moto Yoga, which I go to also. Uh, oh,
1: amazing and, in LA. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. They have great teachers, great classes.
1: I've been to that Silver Lake um, location. Yeah. I really liked it. it
0: it's uh, the energy there. It's like I've been to a lot of yoga studios, and there's something very uh, welcoming about the, the Moto uh, studios. I don't know. I couldn't agree more. Yeah.
1: Very tangible. So I mean, OK, where do you want me to start? Because there's a um, lot there. I mean, uh, So, I so, so your
0: teeth? What are you brushing your teeth with? They're so white. <laughs>
1: Stop it! (laughs) We're gonna get very far with flattery here. Um, So yeah, with that actually, this is this is a great way to start. Um, If you take charcoal, there's like a special kind. I'll send I'll send it to you after. I forgot
0: about the stuff that makes your teeth
1: black. Yeah, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but charcoal is really great because it binds to and neutralizes things, and it's it's a great teeth whitener.
0: Now is this a charcoal toothpaste? Or are you talking yeah. about? Yeah,
1: it's like a, it's like a, it's like a specific um solution. Also, I of course I'm forgetting the name, but I'll okay. send it to you. But oh,
0: uh, I'm yeah. all over that because I've been actually. I just started brushing my teeth with uh, baking soda, and then uh,
1: that I hear works too. Oh,
0: uh, yeah, because I'm just like no matter that I know times is supposed to be organic or whatever, but it, mm-hmm. it it's all poison to me if it comes in a package, pretty much.
1: Um, yeah, I feel you.
0: But uh, so tell us what you do specifically right now, like what who you're working with and and, and totally. what ritual and routine is all about.
1: What it looks like? Okay. So I am an optimist. Bleh, I am an, an optimization advisor. So okay. what that means and why you've never heard of it. First, you've never heard of it because I made it up. I created it it didn't exist. So I was like, all right, I got to come up with something new. Um, What that means, an optimization advisor is someone who's taking A, working with that variable to create the optimized version B. And that's what I do in my practice. So what I do in my practice is kind of like a health coach and a life coach all in one. So there are some aspects of it where I'm working with the body. So I'm working with my client to understand if there's anything that is off the baseline in the body, whether that be digestion, whether that be hormones, whether that be energy, I mean, you name it, just like the more nuanced um, part of your health. If there's anything that's off the baseline there, then I help you using holistic methods to bring that back into balance. So that could be anything from using nutrition to using supplements to using herbs and, you know, fun voodoo elixirs. I mean, okay, not actually voodoo, that's a bad joke, but. it feels like it when you're, when you're, when you're making these little cocktails. Um, so that's like the health coaching aspect of it. But then what I think what makes what I do very different is that we then dive into looking at the mind. So once we, we're working with the body and we've stabilized looking at the body, then we look into the mind. And we seek to understand with my clients what patterns, beliefs, and behaviors are there that are holding them back. And we work to uproot those and reprogram those with patterns, beliefs, and behaviors that are gonna propel them forward. So what does that look like in practice, okay? That could be someone who is struggling with self-esteem, with body image, with their relationship with food. And maybe they're not to the point where they, you know, I have a lot of people who come to me and they're like, well, I don't have an eating disorder, but I'm realizing that I have a relationship with food where I think about it too much. I'm struggling. Like there's a struggle there. There's resistance. Okay. They realize that there's like, that they're taking the world and they're shrinking it down and there's something that's happening there. So in that regard, that's just like, and that's only the like adverse eating behavior example is just like one of the many ways that I see it showing up. It could just be someone who is realizing that there's um, a belief there or a pattern there That is kicking them in the knees every time they're trying to move forward. So what I do is I help you to really get clear about what that is. And then using different neuroscience techniques um, help you to uproot that and reprogram that. And what I think makes what I do so like why my clients get such great results. And like what I think what makes I do what I do so special is that you're really fostering that mind-body connection. And you're working on both sides of it to be able to create a very sustainable foundation that is very unique to you. So it's all about, and a lot of times what I find too is a lot of people know lots of the things that we work on with themselves. They know these things about themselves, but they have never had the opportunity put like to like actually put a handle on the idea mm-hmm. to be able to understand it. Um, so I find that my clients find. Um, sustainable healing because we're addressing it, looking at both the body and the mind. So that's what it looks like in a nutshell. I would say that it could be very different depending on the client. So sometimes I have clients who come to me and they come to me because they've been to, they've digested issues and they've been to multiple gastroenterologists and had all the tests done. And the gastroenterologist says to them, you have IBS, good luck. I mean, okay, they don't actually say that, but they're like, that's like the, the gist that they, that they come away with, but they know that, all right, how could it be something like, I, this wasn't a problem for me years ago. How is it just showing up now? So that's like something that I would be able to help them with. And a lot of times what I think gets lost in the Western medicine is that like something like digestion is not always purely physical i see a lot where a lot of people have undigested trauma and that exacerbates something that's a vulnerability within the digestive system and makes it worse for them so it's not until we work through not only the physical aspect of seeing what's happening there what you know if there's anything that's like if it's a, if there's something wrong with the system or is it pathogenic or whatever and then also addressing the emotional piece that they're able to find full resolve so that's just an example of like what it looks like in practice, but that is what I do as an optimization coach.
0: You know, all that makes so much sense because, uh, when we, when I look at the stats for obesity, Mm -hmm. um, a large percentage of people who are struggling, uh, with obesity and their weight have been sexually abused. And, and so when you talk about the mind body connection, a lot of them are uh they they put on the weight as a protective shield against future abuse and if they're not aware of that right um then you don't really you're not really getting to the source of it if you're just addressing the physical in terms of you know calories in calories out and protein fat but you're not really getting to why you're eating you know three bags of cookies uh at night and you know, snacking throughout the day, then it's not sustainable. Like you said, it's all about getting sustainable results because people know how to lose weight. Most people I think struggle with uh, maintaining the results and sustaining the results that uh, they've achieved.
1: You nailed it. That's, I mean, like I, have and I see that a lot is what the actual issue is when you're struggling with weight has nothing to do with weight most often, unless it's you know, unless you have an issue where it's like thyroid or your hormones are out of balance, then like it's gonna it's gonna be hard for you, right? But a lot of times what I see is people who are struggling, who are you know with the plate with food. It's because you're what you're doing is you're looking to shrink down your world to your plate. So either controlling what's going in, what's coming out. And because of that, because you're shrinking down your world. And Or um, you're looking to like seek, a, you know, to fill a void using food or to get that dopamine release using food, using food as more of a drug instead of um, using it for sustenance. That is like, that's such a hard cycle to break. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't realize that in the moment when you are using food or when you um are shrinking down your world to like have that control. It's all like seeking control there. Um and I think what you spoke to with like the obesity, like I see that with like the protective shield. Like you don't realize that inner inadvertently your body's trying to protect you. Um, so until you work through that trauma, you might not lose the weight. I've seen someone who has um actually it was a friend of mine who was eating the same diet okay but was had like been through a couple of things that happened in her life um in the that, that recent time she had had some family members die and like was having a really hard time dealing with it so was still like was not able to lose weight and was still like at this weight that she couldn't understand why she wasn't losing it. It was because her body was trying to keep her grounded. It was like trying to keep her down to the earth. As soon as she worked through that, with the same diet, her body let the weight go. Hmm. So, yeah. what what
0: got you started on this journey? Usually, it's something very personal or a family member. What what, what starts you on this journey of optimizing people's lives?
1: Absolutely. So, um, I'm like, how much time do we have? Because this is a big, (gasps) (laughs) I'll try to keep it tight and keep it short, but you know, no promises. (laughs) Okay. So for me, um, I knew that I always wanted to be a healer. Um, it was just, it's just a part of like the fabric of my being. Um, I think that it's something that's just within my family too, My parents are both like just very healing people. My sisters, it like also has like this healing mentality. It's like whenever someone's like sick or like something's happening, like someone, you know, falls and start, like has a gash on their arm. We're like, let's, we're just like immediately there and like want to help. Um, So I always knew that I wanted to be a healer, but going into college, what that looked like for me, I was like, okay, well, like I'll, I'll become a doctor. Like, that's what I know, so I'll do that. So, I then started studying biochemistry. All the while, um, while that was happening in my um, halfway through college, I had a sexual assault. And this sexual assault was something that, and I also, I should back up, I was also, I had a sexual assault when I was a child as well that I had repressed. So, the sexual assault in college really like, was the catalyst for a an immense amount of change for me. I was, you know, when it happened, you don't fully understand what's happening and how and what, you know, how it happens. But I knew that I was ashamed and I was afraid and ashamed and afraid and and also was having to deal with the repressed memories of the sexual assault that I had dealt with when I was a child. And I think like a part of me when I was going through that was like, you know, here I am, like I was privileged. Like I, I had all the things, like I was set on a good track. Like I was going to go to medical school and all of a sudden it was like my life had been flipped on its head and I felt like I couldn't tell anybody about it because I didn't like I did just, when, when you're in that space, I just felt afraid and vulnerable and scared. So what did I do? I repressed it <laughs> again, repressed it. So I continue on throughout college. I'm studying um, to go to medical school, to get ready to go to medical school. And all the while, um, I because I, I feel out of control, because I'm repressing these feelings and not dealing with them, what happens? They show up in the body. And this is what happens when we don't deal with our shit. Like, can I cut on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> just, I just
0: want to make sure. I want to
1: like let it rip, and then you like yeah, yeah. yeah. By yeah, the way, I label
0: I label the I'll label the one uh, profanity uh, explicit, so the the listeners know.
1: And, and, okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> okay. <yeah.
1: laughs> so, um, if you don't deal with your shit, it finds another way to show up it's in your best interest right your body your body has an innate intelligence about it that if it's not if you're not dealing with it in the emotional realm then it will manifest itself physically mm. i see this a lot okay so for me what that looked like i had never had digestive issues in my life and then all of a sudden after the sexual assault happened i had terrible digestive issues like debilitating digestive issues like would call my mom crying almost every day being like what's happening to my body and what was crazy is that like i had this like i was studying biology like i was you know studying chemistry and like I, I understood the body like i understood what was happening and i was doing my own research to really seek to understand i'm like okay i it doesn't make sense to me so i went to um all of these different doctors and I mean, I went to multiple gastroenterologists, and the only and did like some really humiliating tests. I'm like, I won't even go into it, but like, you know, you have to do what you have to do when you're doing it. But like at the time, I remember being like in an MRI machine with like contrast of the, up in my digestive system, being like, "Really? Like, is this what's happening right now?" Um, and to no avail. So then it, it ends up, you know, I'm with it, sitting with a gastro and he's like, you have IBS. I'm like, well, that makes no sense. Like I was fine. And then now I'm not, and I'm struggling. And I, all you can give me is this medicine. Like, this is weird. This doesn't make sense to me. So at that point in time, I decided, okay, I need to like, I need to find something outside of Western medicine. Like not completely, but I was like, I need I need to look into some other form of healing. And I found solace in yoga. Yeah. I went to Lululemon one day and there was like a free, like if you go to this yoga studio, you can, um you have a free class. And I was like, okay, I need something. And like the yoga people seem to like have a lot of peace. So like, I need that. I'm going to go to the yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, Alongside, there's there's two avenues of the story happening here. So I'm still pursuing the medical tract, but then I like come into this world of yoga, and I immediately fall in love. Um, and I the teacher that I had, Bethany, is actually one of my very good friends to this day. I was actually just chatting with her a couple hours ago. She um, was my very first yoga teacher and taught me a lot about what I know, but it it opened up my eyes to how the mind And the body are so interconnected and how you can, you know, if you're not dealing with things emotionally, how they can show up in the body, but also like using yoga, how you can use poses and you can use your body to digest what's happening with you emotionally, to learn how to like work through resistance on a mat, like in a container so that you can do that in your life, like you're practicing on your mat, translating into your life. So from there I realized, okay, Maybe there's something there, okay? So I continue on. I become, I eventually, like three years later, become a yoga teacher. All the while, decide, okay, I don't want to become a Western doctor because, and maybe I should preface this saying, Western doctors are amazing. And I think Western medicine is spectacular. But for the type of healing that I knew that I wanted to be a part of, it just didn't feel right for me. So then I thought, okay, well, um, I wasn't quite ready to dip my toe into holistic medicine. So I was like, what if I did research? So then I then decided that I was going to go in, and I started doing neuroscience research. So I worked in addiction sciences, and we were working with um, understanding how alcohol and different paradigms um, affected the brain, which was so interesting and really great um but then i came to find out that people go actually do i say this fuck it i'm going to say it um, that people go into research um because they love medicine and um a lot of them i wouldn't say that maybe this is like a general as a whole but i would i would say from my experience they're not extremely extroverted um and like the it's for them they still get to have like the joy of the science and helping people but they're not doing it like patient you know face to face. But here I am like chatting all of them off in, in the lab. And they're like, Oh my God. Like, I would just, I just remember like, I have flashbacks of this one gentleman who I adored, who, um, worked right next to me of his eyes of just being like, it was almost like fear every time I walked in the room that I was going to talk to him because I'd always talk to him. Anyways. So Ultimately, um, I'll try and make this faster. Um, I am working in research. I'm doing the yoga thing, and I'm like, continue, like just continuously feeling this feeling of of being lost, of a feeling like I'm kind of on the right track, like I'm doing a little bit of the things that I want to be doing, but I'm not quite there, and it's not feeling quite right. So then I decide that I'm going to move to New York, and I'm going to try something completely. Um, so I then go into real estate and I hate it. So that gave me the push to get really clear on what it is that I did want to do and how I wanted to serve because I'm someone who like a job for me is a vocation. And, you know, I've, when I was working in real estate, like I just kept trying to like help heal everyone and like help, you know, if they were sick, though, I'm like, here's what you can do. And I'm like, this is clearly what I need to be doing. Um, And I realized that I had used both the yoga and understanding how to use the body and the mind um, and really like seeking to understand also like the applications of the neuroscience, like the, so let me back up the yoga and the science I realized were both what helped me heal. So being able to understand how I could use more holistic means, so using diet, using um, herbs, using supplementation and things of that nature, but also just getting really clear and like understanding and isolating different variables that were showing up for me, um, I was able to heal my digestive issues. But I was able to heal my digestive issues because I wasn't just working with the physical purely. I was working with the emotional. I came to find that it wasn't just something. My digestive issues were not just because I woke up one day and my stomach decided that I didn't want to be on my team anymore. It was that my sexual assault and all of that trauma and my self-esteem that I had repressed and repressed and and decided to use um, the mask of perfectionism to help barter for love to not have to deal with these things. I realized that that is what I had to to target. That's what I had to heal if I wanted to heal my digestive stuff. So I realized, okay, here I am, having been the product of two different modalities of healing, like Western and Eastern, um, that together are what provided me with the lasting healing that i have i need to i need to create this for people like i need to to create the container for people to be able to experience something that is not just working with the body but working with the mind as well because they are so integrated and looking at certain issues it doesn't make sense to look at them separately in different systems that's why a lot of people you know will be dealing with Things that they're like, I've been to all of these different practitioners, and I still can't find resolve. Because if you're going to a purely physical practitioner, or you're going to something where it's purely emotional, like sometimes you're not gonna find the fit. Um, so that's how, like, that's why I created what I decided to create, and it was a long, long road to get there. Um, but. I really, you know, it started off with a blog first of, I create Ritual and Routine in order to help break down the scientific concepts behind health and wellness and make them actionable and accessible. Because there's a lot of trends out there and I feel like we all want to implement them, but we have no idea why we're doing it and how to do it. So that's how it started. And then from there, once I realized, you know, I was in this corporate job, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do something that lights me up, that I have the ability to help people solve this these problems within this scope, it was the perfect marriage. And from there it just exploded. And here I am.
0: I love it. Uh, So such a great story. I appreciate you sharing that with us because so many people have a similar story. Um, And, and some people uh, that are close to me, I know have uh, a similar story in terms of uh, being assaulted uh, in their past. And, uh, and feel like they're alone. They feel like they're the only ones who have gone through it. Well, when we know the numbers are like through the roof and um, yeah, which is so unfortunate. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that story and turning your, your pain into a purpose, um, which uh, I know is uh, not, not always easy. The, um, you talked about the neuroscience of helping people break patterns. Can you talk more about that?
1: Absolutely. So when it comes to the neuroscience and, and something to understand first is that, so you have the conscious mind, right? The conscious mind that helps you form opinions, that helps you to take in the novelties of the world. And then you have the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is our computer, essentially. It's what saves us a lot of time. It's the one that says, um, Oh no, you like this. You you like that. Um, you take this route on the way to work. You know, when you're like, you're going to work and you're like, how did I even get here? You know, it's like, you're like blacked out. It's because your subconscious mind is like taking care of it. Okay. Your subconscious mind has all of these different programs that like, that exist to help save you time and to save you and to ensure your survival. Okay. And it drives about like 95, maybe the statistic is not, Completely right, but I think it's this is it's just ninety five percent of like the way that we perceive things and the way that we move throughout our lives. So you can um, talk consciously, right? So you can you can understand, and which is a big part of it is being conscious of. Okay, I have a issue. I'm seeking to understand why that issue has shown up for me, what the root of it is. So you can expose the framework. Of what's happening within the conscious mind, of saying, okay, I understand that this issue happened because of this thing that happened in my childhood, and that's probably why I'm exhibiting this pattern now. But until you really sediment it with understand with um, the subconscious mind, so uprooting that pattern from the subconscious mind and aligning what's happening on the in the conscious mind. With the subconscious mind does it stick because how many times do you hear people who are like i know that this is how it needs to be but i can't it's not happening like it's there's still so much resistance because you have to uproot and reprogram and let go what's happening within the subconscious mind and there are a couple of different ways that you can do that um like using neuro-linguistic programming is a good good technique um i use hypnosis in my practice, um, meditation techniques. Something just bringing your brain to a state where it has that neuroplasticity to be able to work with and digest those things so that you can implement a new framework.
0: You know, it it completely makes sense because when when you know the source, then you can wrap your head around it better. It's almost like, you know, when you're going to buy a car and you know the different sales techniques that they try to employ, well Mm -hmm. then it doesn't work on you anymore because you understand what they're trying to do and um and now you can be more objective and detached from uh the the trickery and it's the same trickery that your your mind is trying to sell you on how to feel and, and on how to view the world and if you know why it's doing that and the source of it then you can detach yourself and become more objective but until you uh, have created that framework and, and, and done the work, then it's gonna, it's gonna keep working on you. because Exactly. A source. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, like precisely. It's like the ability to cult or cultivate the ability to be able to choose your reaction, to be able to see things as they come to you and decide, okay, I'm going to extract what this emotion is trying to tell me, but I'm not going to lean into it unless you want to, but being able to have the choice.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, I do this thing called uh, BALE, B-A-L-E. And uh, it's an acronym for bored, anxious, lonely, or exhausted. And so when I feel myself wanting to uh, snack or binge or craving carbs, I, I click through those progressions. I go, wait, am I bored? Am I anxious? Am I lonely? Am I exhausted? And then I have an antidote for each one of those. And that's really helped me to uh, uh, detach from the emotion or the uh, the, the impulse to want to binge eat or uh, snack or you know what have you whatever the but it's it's the awareness I had to become aware of I had to Hopefully. become aware first of what the feeling is if is it boredom is it lonely or you know so I, I can figure out what the antidote is right it's like. You can't you can't have an answer if you don't know what the specific problem is.
1: Exactly. And wouldn't you say that half of the battle is being able to sit down and say to yourself, this is what this specific problem is?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to, so I have to write it down. I have to journal it every day, mm-hmm. to, what bail is, and then what the antidotes are so that it's ready to go when I need it, because when when you get the flare up or the impulse, it's so yeah. hard to fight and your subconscious kicks in, you go to automatic pilot, and then you're halfway through the bag of cookies, and you're like, oh shit, like <laughs> you know, I just I was just lonely, you know, like I didn't want yeah. to want to talk to someone or you know, I just want to go do yoga or work out or go for a walk, you know? <laughs> and you realize it halfway through or sometimes not until you've eaten uh-huh or whatever. So
1: wait, uh, I'm so impressed. That's awesome. I love that. I that that is like actually what I do. Like what you're speaking to, creating the infrastructure right, for right. each of the different triggers. Right,
0: right, right. Which
1: I love Bail. Like that's awesome. I I'm I'm totally gonna use it. I mean, I'll totally credit yeah, you. I'm absolutely, like 100% absolutely. It.
0: And it's it's not mine completely. It's I was just Googling emotional mm-hmm. uh triggers and eating, and it was some um Oh, what do you uh, uh picture but that's not the word for it where it's like a picture gram like an
1: infographic or something yeah yeah,
0: infographic there you go yeah. and uh and it it, it, was, it had written out but it didn't spell it out the way i'm spelling it out it was just how my brain saw it and i was like how do totally. i how do i restructure this so that it, to make it my own and it makes sense to me and so that that's the the structure i came up with but i have to write it down every day until it Becomes a part of me. It's not a part of me. <laughs>
1: not yeah. Of me.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and that like that consistency, like that piece too. When you're writing it down, you're like and physically writing things, not like typing things, but physically right. writing them. Like your subconscious mind, like that is like imprinting it into the computer. So that, like, I I could not agree more. Like the importance of writing that stuff down and being really consistent with it um when it comes to creating those infrastructure um like the different guidelines for you and i love how you say antidote that's great like that's exactly what it is um so that in the moment because there you know there's like a five second pause where you feel it and you're like oh god and it's like it's like i call it um it's like your eyes go black and it's almost like a monster is taking over you and you're like it's coming yeah
0: yeah yeah. You you feel it and you're like oh here we go Hey, I was watching this yeah. uh, military movie and uh, I call it a sandstorm because, you know, the, the guy saw, he was like him and another soldier out in the middle of the desert and they saw the sandstorm coming. And when the sandstorm's coming, there's there's nowhere for you to go. It's a sandstorm. It's everywhere. And all you can <laughs> do is just, you know, you stab your rifle into the ground and you, you kneel down and you just wait until the yeah. sandstorm blows over. And mm-hmm. some, you know, which... You know, that could be a euphemism for meditation yeah. or going for a walk or taking a nap or something like that. But sometimes you, you sometimes the answer is do nothing and just, you know, sit with it.
1: Relish in the pause.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Um, so you, you journal. I saw that. Uh, do you have a, a journaling like technique or strategy or what? You know, do you journal first thing in the morning? Whenever you feel like it, what's your your journaling
1: routine? What's my poison?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm like, what's my poison? We're talking journals, like so soft. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, journaling has been, um, like, the reason why I am where I am today. There's something to be said about distilling your mind stuff and being able to really like work through it, get it out of your head and onto paper so you can make room to for more experiences and to understand more of what's happening in your world. So for me, I've tried a lot of different techniques, but what works best for me is um, to do morning pages, which is from the book, The Artist's Way. And the idea is, is that, and are you familiar with it? I feel like that's like a popular one. Um, so yeah, just the idea being um, that, you spend, you know, every morning you have three pages that you fill up into stream of consciousness. So, whatever comes to mind, whether that's like, you know, that guy was addicted to me in the line the other day, to I need to buy more like Lysol uh, wipes or whatever. To what's the meaning of life? Okay. So, like, what that does is that is like taking a broom inside of your head and it's sweeping up all of those little thoughts that we feel like we have to hold on to and putting them onto paper so that we can make room to spend our cognitive calories on the shit that actually matters to us. And we're not feeling responsible for holding things through. It also helps us to digest what's happening in our life. And a lot of times, and I'm sure you can attest to this being someone who does this yourself, something shows up and you're like, never thought I was going to be coming out of this morning, having this, you know, revelation, but here I am.
0: I like, I like the idea of making room for the cognitive stuff. That's, that's, you know, to come in because it is, it's it's stuff that's built up in your head. Right now I'm fighting a head cold and, and it's making me think that I, I have all this stuff in my head that I haven't. And I was just saying to myself that, you know, I need to journal and I haven't journaled in uh, a couple days and I was doing so well uh, for two weeks. And then I, I, you know, my routine, I'm off my routine. And um, and then I'm like, this is why I have a head cold because I got all this stuff up here. It needs to be on a page and we got to get to, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it might, it might have to do with the fact that I flew in on a plane and people don't know how to cough into their,
1: like, as you're holding, holding your breath on the flight. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, there was a, was a baby behind me kicking my chair and I was definitely holding in some, I was repressing uh, a lot of <laughs> frustration.
1: And oh, 100%
0: yeah for sure
1: (laughs) the reasoning that happens on flights like flights are I honestly okay sorry to get on this tangent but just I just feel like flights are like an experiment of like the human existence because so you're just like you're completely out of your control and like you're just in this space with like these people and like whatever's happening you just have to like you learn a lot about (laughs) (laughs) it.
0: I was like, oh, yeah, that's why you never see a monk on a plane because we will find out really quickly that all that meditation goes out the window. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like, (laughs) that. So funny. um, Can you give us an example of uh, a common pattern that people have? You know, like, usually A leads to B, leads to C, leads to D leads to, you know... um, does that
1: make sense, the question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, which one do I want to tackle? Um, I know that we're talking about food, so maybe we can hit that one. But I'll hit two, okay? Okay. So um, common patterns. So as soon as people start to understand that their relationship with food and controlling food doesn't have to deal with food most, most likely. Um, and understanding that a lot of the time it's the, their, their safe way of being able to digest their world. Um, and understanding that where in their life are they feeling out of control? Are they feeling resistance? Because that is what you need to tackle in order to understand why you're looking to food. When you tackle that, the behavior becomes a lot easier to dissipate and work with. Because that's the reason why you're looking to food. It's control mechanisms. So I think that um, there's a difference between discipline and control. Um, And I think there are certain ways of being that are Promoted out there that are more controlling when it comes to food, um, and it and it also like puts you in the space of instead of trusting your intuition and the innate um, mechanics of your body to tell you when to eat, when not to eat, what you want, what that means. That we look to this outside, you know, whatever the popular sources that is at the time to tell us. How to eat, how much to eat, to what number, okay? And if you're not listening to your body and instead listening to that and not getting to know yourself and your body and instead, you know, subscribing wholeheartedly to something that um, someone else has created that's not specific to your body, it's gonna create dissonance with yourself. It's gonna create a separation, a disconnection between you and your intuition um and that's going to cause you to see control so um what came first the chicken or the egg it depends but i think that's a common pattern and then i think that being able to understand um i say probably that's like the most common pattern and then as far as like other popular patterns um any like fear based mentality like understanding like what your fear triggers are um that like perfectionism is truly just a mask that you've created for yourself as a bartering chip um, for love and acceptance. And the more that you can be okay with the fact that like the human experience is beautiful because it's not perfect um, and really wholeheartedly just accepting um, those imperfect experiences and being able to learn how to, to, um, to be perfectly imperfect That's like when your life will really start to open up. So maybe that's not like a pattern per se, as it is like an archetype that I see. Um,
0: Can you talk more about that because that is so powerful, right? Uh, Where I I listened to, uh, I read. You know, I'm sure you've read Esther Perel. Oh yes, right. And you know, and she talks about um, and how like you know the 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 person that you show up as is not the person you really are, and then later on, you know, the real you emerges and, and, and now, uh, and the, but the real, the real them emerges also. And then you realize you're not, you're not compatible, but it's because we been, you know, we put on this mask of perfectionism. Like you talk about to barter for the person that we want versus just saying, Hey, I do just like laying on a couch and, and watching Netflix for hours or I hate long walks on the beach, you know, we all, exactly. we all write what we we hope to be versus what we are and who we are uh, at the moment. Uh, can you talk more to that?
1: Oh my God, 100 <laughs> my favorite topic to talk about. Um, yeah, 100%. Because I think that, so and as being someone who, perfectionism was my way of like, Security for such a long time Mm -hmm. and I think it is for a lot of a lot of people or most people you know um of if I am perfect then no one can blame me for anything then no one can find the flaw then no one can not like me or accept me my work is perfect like yada yada the list goes on I see this um translate in like a whole way of being so like someone who like cannot leave the house unless they are like perfectly put together or it can translate and, you know, and like looking perfect and is like, doesn't eat that thing because it could chip away at their perfectionism. Or, um, I see that translate into someone with in the workforce who will go above and beyond and is killing themselves, um, beyond belief and is maybe also like losing parts of their life. Uh. their work um, because they do not want their work, um, whoever their employer is to give, they don't want to give them any reason to not accept them because they base their identity off of their success. So I think that the, the real, like the first thing to understand when it comes to perfectionism is understanding that wherever the perfectionism lies for you, Is because you are cornering a lot of your identity around it. So if you see yourself as being like, maybe you were valued your whole life for like your work ethic and being brilliant and whatever. So then when you come into the workforce, you're like, I if I if anyone challenges me on this, and if, if anything shows up that that is to show me that I might not be as great as like I've been told that I was, that like your identity is gonna crumble. Okay, so that's like one of those things, like that's just like an example of like how like those those challenging times that can really, that's the, one of those things that you use perfectionism in order to avoid. So we use perfectionism as a mask um, and we develop this mask because at some time or another, we create it to protect us because there was like a very real usage for it at some point in time. Um, I know that me myself, when I was growing up, like and I didn't come to find this out until I was, you know, doing this work. But me myself growing up, I um had this one instance when I was younger where I um was at a piano recital and I was performing this piano recital and it's probably like six or something like that. And after the piano recital, my parents had whoa, whoa, my parents had taken two different cars and they miscommunicated and they left me. So what did I Take that to me when I was younger. I was like, "Shit!" Like, okay, well, I was five, so I didn't say shit. I
0: (laughs) I know five girls. I was
1: was like, they left me. They left me because I didn't like. I didn't do well. Like, I wasn't good enough. So from then on, that was like the first thing, and of course, you don't know this is happening, right? When it's happening, but like, you can look back and realize this. Um, I go throughout my life and I'm like trying, like in, and everything that I'm doing, like sports, academics, like the way I look, I'm just, I'm spending hours perfecting this because I'm so afraid that if one People see me for who I truly am, that I won't be accepted and loved and that I will be left. Are or, or two, that I'm not, you know, that I, it's a reflection of who I, maybe I don't like who I truly am. Mm-hmm. Then I have to face myself. So um, at a point in time, again, your brain has that, like creates that that whole framework for you because it saw in that moment when I was five, oh, Shit, like if you're gonna make it till you're 18, like you better get these people to like you and do well, right? So you do these things because at the time it gets you what you need in order to survive. But no one tells you when you're 18, hey, congrats, you made it. You can let go of that. We've got some new programming for you. So then you bring this programming in and you continue on with the perfectionism mask, um, even though it's no longer serving you. And then it's kicking you in the knees because you're paralyzed. You're in this perfectionism holding pattern where then you start being afraid to even make a decision because what if it's the wrong decision? You're afraid that if you make that decision, then so-and-so is not going to love you. They're not going to respect you or accept you. Work's going to tell you that you're a failure and you're going to have to stand and look in the mirror and like take a good hard look at yourself.
0: You know, I don't know why this came to mind, but it's like a video game where uh, it's like those quest video games where in the beginning, you get these different weapons and the weapons serve you on the levels that you're playing at. But as you move up the levels, you get different weapons and you can't get the old weapons anymore. You get the new weapons. But you know, in life, we try to keep the, the weapons we had in the beginning because they served us and we were afraid we we're gonna need them again. But we have not recognized that we're, 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 we're exploring and uh, encountering a whole different terrain that will not have any use for those weapons anymore. And, and so instead of letting them go, we hold on to it, but now it's slowing us down because now we're carrying all these different new weapons with the yeah. old weapons. And we're like, why can't I move as fast? Across this terrain, you know, it's, there's a, a Zen teaching about, um, you know, the, the, uh, the guy comes to a river, there's a boat, and then he uh, gets in a boat, goes across the river. And now he's like, should, should I, should I take the boat with me? Because I'm sure there's going to be another river. But, you know, the Zen is like, no, because there's no river in front of you right now, you know, and, and just trust that when you get to the next river, you'll figure that out but if you try to carry this boat <laughs> to the, you're not going to make it to the next like that's going to be the least of your problems. shoulders are going to be your back's going to be all jacked up you know at least you're vulnerable to predators it's like leave the boat take what you need for now and then you know that's why i never take leftovers when i leave restaurants
1: i love that i'm so dead leftovers.
0: that's so funny is me leaving the boat behind
1: <laughs> Wait, your boat? oh my gosh you're killing it i like i'm like I feel like I should be writing. Well, okay, I can just write it
0: down. You'll, you know, the one. I'm that like, I'll listen to this.
1: Why do you write it down? I'm like, wait, I don't need to write it down because this is a podcast and I can just listen to it. These are fantastic. <laughs> I love like these. Is, this is great imagery and it's just exactly what you need to be able to understand how to like digest what it means to go through the work. Um, and we both know that, like, be, what what is the point of it, right? What is the point of taking off the mask if it is serving you is because um your life cannot be fully aligned and you can't be fully living your power and you can't have that true like just tangible radiating happiness and fulfillment if you are living as the shell of yourself right
0: right yeah what are you you reading right now
1: oh god that you've read read that
0: that you've you've shared with others or um that's that's you know that you've that's really resonated with you or impacted you in some way it doesn't have to be um it doesn't have to be a self-help it could even be you know fiction I'm
1: trying to think okay so right now i'm kind of like on a i'm trying to get more into fiction so usually I read only nonfiction and then I'm like, you need to have more of imagination. Um, but I'm kind of reading like three different books at the same time, so maybe I'll just talk about why am I doing that? Yeah, what are you reading? Right now I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing.
0: Oh, I just, I'm about to start that book. Wake uh, wicked good. Oh, no, I didn't buy that book. I was going to buy that book. Okay.
1: It's like at the beginning, you're like, what's happening here? It gets so good.
0: So good. Stick with
1: it. Um, I'm also reading Little Fires Everywhere. um, And that's just like kind of, you know, for funsies. And then I am also reading, I guess I'm like rereading right now, uh, Osho, Courage. I read that every so often. Um, Funny story about that book. Someone gave it to me in an airport. I'm like, this is some guardian angel shit right here. Yeah, it's funny. I was in an airport in Costa Rica, like yeah. looking at um, like one of those spindle things that have books on them. Right. Some girl came up to me and she was like, you should read this book. It's really good. And I'm like, just what?
0: randomly, just randomly walked up to you. <laughs>
1: and I'm like, uh, all right, God or universe or whatever. Like I'll right. read the book, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it and it ended up being like such a formative book for me. Like wow. um so I'm in the process of rereading and digesting that right now because I'm, I I want to create some programming around it um for my clients because I think that there are some concepts within that book that um really it's like a lot of what we're speaking to right now about like breaking through fear. Ooh, that's another one that I'm reading um is the book about um about fear of rejection. Uh what's it called? A hundred days of oh my God. oh of,
0: of yes or a hundred days of no.
1: Something like hold on. Uh,
0: oh I know my buddy told me to read. I have it
1: right here. That is so so fascinating. So he basically like he does this challenge where he puts himself in he's like trying to desensitize himself from fear. So he puts himself every day okay rejection proof. That's what it's called.
0: Okay.
1: Um rejection proof how i beat fear and became invincible um so it's this guy and he i cannot believe i didn't think of this first anyways here we are um so he every day puts himself in a scenario where he is more likely so he'll put he'll set himself up so he's more likely to be rejected than not and the whole idea is that he's going to desensitize himself from rejection so one of the things that he does is like he'll go up to a random person and be like hey can I borrow $100? And then naturally, you know, like more likely than not, someone's gonna be like, no, you can't have $100. But then each challenge is like a little bit different. Like he'll go into a crispy, he went into like a crispy cream and um, ask them, I guess it was like the year of the Olympics, and ask them to make a donut, like a giant donut in the shape of the Olympic uh, logo. And he was fully expecting them to say no. And they said, yes, and they made it. And it just goes to show, and okay, so actually crazy, and then I'll shut up about this. (laughs) I got really inspired about this like around Christmas time last year. So I was like, okay, I wanna do something to like make me more rejection proof. So I did like a string of five days where I put myself in situations to get rejected Um, like one of what, and you can actually, I think it's still on my Instagram. You can watch it. Um, I like taped it. (laughs) So one of them that I did is I, I bought, and I was in Florida. So I bought a plant and I went to a random stranger, whoever happened to be the victim who was on their lawn at the time (laughs) and asked them if I could plant the plant in their yard. And they were ecstatic. They were like, oh, you want to plant this plant in my yard? Like, absolutely. You're so nice. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I, the whole time, was, like, shitting myself because I was waiting for them to be like, this is Florida. Like, you can even, like, walk on their lawn. They can shoot you if they want to. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, waiting for them to, <laughs> to to fully reject me. And they didn't. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is, like, what life's about, you know? This is, like, why you break through fear. Um oh, Another one that I did is I sat in the middle of like a square and meditated for 10 minutes and like in like a busy square. Yeah. Just sat and meditated and like, and like on a
0: street, on a sidewalk, on a bench. Like,
1: like, like sat, like, it's like, Say that there's restaurants that are surrounding a square,
0: right? Right.
1: Where they're like pedestrians can hang out in the middle yeah, of said I square. Yeah, yeah. I went to the dead center of said square and like yeah. sat down and closed my eyes and like tried not to hyperventilate and meditated.
0: Right, um, it's it's terrifying because you're like somebody gonna rob me, grab something because I'm meditating in the park sometimes, and it is unsettling. You're like, what is that noise? What is that dangling? What is that? What are those steps? Those sound a little
1: <laughs> exactly. It just teaches you how to be like you know invincible for fear. One okay, one more thing that I did, and then I'll shut up. Um I like went up to someone at a movie theater <laughs> and asked if I could taste their popcorn and like talk about like waiting for rejection. It and they did. They let me taste it. I was like, "Okay, this is crazy. Taste their popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it just goes to show that like you can it's like all like fears just a construct.
0: <laughs> um I love it out at the end of every first of all where can people find you people who want to work with you what's the best way to connect with you mary
1: absolutely so i think the best place to find me is probably instagram so my handle is ritual at ritual and routine you can also visit my website which is www.ritualandroutine.net So that would be the two best places to connect with me. Please connect with me and be in contact. Love meeting new people. Um, Yeah, that's where we can meet.
0: Fantastic. And then the question I ask of all the guests, and we understand that you are not a therapist. uh, You don't have a PhD. Uh, The question is, I always feel like there's someone who's listening in who's on a precipice of uh, committing suicide. Yes. Before you kill yourself, what would you say to that person?
1: I would say to them that you are not broken. This is a program that is running you right now. And if you could sit with this and seek to understand it and seek and seek connection from others, or seek to understand how to get gain connection from others, um, that you will then gain an, a new empathetic superpower um, I call it like the empathetic bone in your body to be able to help and serve and understand people on a deeper level than ever before. Um, That's, yeah, that's what I would say.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mary, for joining us.
1: Thank you, Leo. This is a pleasure.
0: This is great. And we're best friends now. We got to go, we got to do some yoga whenever you come to LA. I'm in New York all the time uh, at the cellar. So, uh, I, wait,
1: for real?
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: it's like actually right behind my house.
0: Oh, great. <laughs> 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 it's such a great area, great food, great, great everything. So, I'll, I'll definitely be in touch when I'm out there. I have a bunch of friends.
1: Oh, my God. Hit me up. Yeah, let's hang. Sure. All
0: right. Thank you so much, Mary. And remember, Absolutely. listeners, this podcast is not a substitute for you going to get help. Call the 800 number. Get a therapist. Get an optim. Get an optimi- See, I'm doing the same thing you did. Get an optimization. <laughs> it's program. a hard word. Hit up <laughs> Mary. <laughs> Hit up ritual <laughs> and routine. And uh, and because your story needs to be heard, and 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 it's it's value, and and we love you. So uh, stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for rating it five stars on iTunes. And we will talk to you soon. <laughs>